Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Collider Games podcast. My name is Dennis Den, and I've got a special guest here today, the one and only Felicia Day. How are you doing, Felicia? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. Uh, People know you from many, many different things. I know you from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, uh, The Guild, which you created, wrote, and uh, produced, and did all, starred in, and did yep. all that cool stuff. Also, you know, people who are listening to a lot of the uh, games fans here, you also did a voice for a character in Fallout New Vegas. I did. I played Veronica in Fallout New Vegas. I also played Zoja in Guild Wars 2. Oh, okay. I've done lots of smaller indie games as well. So I'm a huge, uh, I love video games. That's The Guild is about a, a group of video gamers. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I always try to stick in some video games. And I also uh, ran a company called Geek and Sundry. That yes. was my uh, company. And we did a lot of gaming stuff there, especially tabletop and RPGs mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, and also you are a best-selling author. I am. <laughs> yes. Um, you, you, your first book was called uh, You're Never Weird on the Internet. Almost. Almost. Uh, which I listened to. I thoroughly enjoyed I listened to it on, on audiobook. Oh, wonderful. On Audible. Um, and then now you have a brand new book called Embrace Your Weird, Face Your Fears, and Unleash Your Creativity. It's coming out on October 1st. You're Very gonna, soon. Yeah, you're going to start a book tour. Um, this is from Gallery Books, which yeah. is kind of a, a group of Simon Schuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it does, I think, a lot of geeky books, actually, okay. uh, and nerd books and gamer books. Yeah, so the imprint is really cool. So the book comes out on October 1st, and then you are going to kind of go on this book tour. You're starting in Tempe, Arizona at Chang- Changing Hands Bookstore. Mm-hmm. You're also going to be at New York Comic Con on yep. October 3rd and 4th. Um, there's some more details on FeliciaDayBook.com. So kind of... I want to ask you because you you have a long history both in like acting, producing, writing. What made you choose to decide to do this book next after? Because the first book was your memoir yeah. that, that talked about uh, your life and growing up and all the things you've kind of experienced and the things you've learned. What kind of led you to this book, which is kind of more about inspiring other people through unleashing their creativity through exercises and thought. You know, experiments, 
Yeah. Uh, what made you think uh, about, about doing this one? Well, you know, I wouldn't be here without self-help books. Mm-hmm. I have done many in my life and or especially early on in, uh, before I did the Guild and stuff. It was very hard for me to create. I wanted to create so badly mm-hmm. and it made me so frustrated and upset that I had all these blocks in the way and I didn't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. So they've been, you know, I actually list them in the end of my book, some of the ones that have been super valuable to me. But when I w- went back and revo- revisited those, they weren't like resonating with me as much. Mm-hmm. And also they weren't funny and geeky <laughs> and whimsical and fun. Like yeah. a lot of them are like, uh, you know, about spirituality and digging your torment. And I just wanted to do some one that's fun. In addition to that, um, you know, a lot of people came up to me after I wrote my memoir and told me as a result of my sharing my story um, of just, you know, making videos in my garage and loving video games and being kind of an outcast and all that stuff. Um, it made them want to do uh, their own creativity more and incorporate that in their life more. And they also got help for anxiety and depression mm-hmm. because of my journey because I, I speak a, little, a lot about that in my book as well. And it it made me really realize that creativity, if we just get off our own backs and realize that our creativity is important to release – not only just for our own egotistical sake, but we're affecting other people. Like uh, the other day, a woman um, tweeted that she started crocheting because she saw a video I did on Geek mm-hmm. and Sundry about me crocheting. It was a one video, but it changed her life. She's now like a professional crochet person. She does YouTube videos. She has a business. And, you know, we don't we will never appreciate how much our creativity um, affects other people. And it's a ripple. It's like that whole butterfly effect mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so. I think it's super important for us to get out of our own way and release our voice into the world because we are the only person who has that voice. So why not just get ourselves out there in some version, whether it's professional or just as a hobby? Um, it really will make you a happier person inside, and I truly believe that. Yeah, definitely. And you are someone that has influenced a lot of people, I mean, including myself. I was a big fan of The Guild. Uh, it came out, and it was like a lot of people weren't familiar with web series and, and doing their own kind of mini television shows on the internet. And you were a pioneer in that regard. And it, showing people that gamers are not just that sort of cliche mm-hmm. that you see on TV, like a dude in a basement, like who's 14 and just a jerk, right? Like we're more interesting than that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to show people that gamers can be all different colors, all different, you know, genders, all come from all different backgrounds. And because of gaming, we can come together and be friends regardless of those outside appearances maybe holding us back in real life. And so that was super important for me mm-hmm. to as a message. Um, and that affected other people. That that really means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And then, I, I, you know, because, you know, I was a, f- a fan of the series and of you, I didn't really know the back history of that when, when I listened to your audiobook. And I think it kind of, uh, I guess, that leads to, to, to this book where you – experienced a lot of kind of like like you mentioned blocks and you were able to overcome them because you said you you kind of were uh obsessed with playing world of warcraft and you know and you you went to a weekly group uh i forgot the name of the group. Uh, it was called chicken it was a yeah, weekly yes. support group with other women and there's a whole section here about allies that you need around you mm-hmm. in order to create because yes i have a lot of blocks i always have blocks we're always going to have mm-hmm. blocks we just need tools to get over them you know what i'm saying like uh so so you know i'm not saying that i solve my procrastination problems <laughs> in life but I have tools that I wanted to share in the book that help me get over those humps and not just waste time letting them rule me when, in fact, they're no, they don't have my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to have people around to support you and also just have, you know, things, uh, uh, coping mechanisms to, to, to be able to stand up to 
perfectionism and say, hey, you know what? I'm taking you down, <laughs> stupid. I'm going to get this uh, you know, video game written or I'm no matter what. And that really is the de- determination that we need. We need to embrace the work of creativity. And if with work, we can always get over any, any uh, blockage. I really believe that. Yeah. And in the book, what I really liked about it is it is fun. It is – the exercises in it are – Kind of uh, when you do them, you self-reflect on why you feel a certain way. For example, even simple question. I know in the book you you asked people to give their feelings about dancing by themselves, alone, when no one else in the world can see and write down their thoughts about that and then compare it to what their thoughts about dancing when – Everyone else is watching and there's a stark difference. It is. And I think all creativity comes from emotion, right? Emotion Mm -hmm. is our kind of our baseline thing. We feel things because our body is trying to protect ourselves, right? And so when we're feeling joy, um, that's where our best creativity will come out. When we're feeling fear, we're in danger. And Mm -hmm. so we're putting ourselves in a a position or we're kind of framing uh, a situation where we're in danger. And we can't do great creative work. We can't be in touch with our own inner voice when we are afraid or angry Mm -hmm. or having those negative emotions. And um, so, yeah, I I tried to make every single uh, point relatable and simple but also funny because uh, through humor, I think we understand each other more. Like nobody's going to – get you know going back to traffic school because somebody beeps at them in traffic right Mm -hmm. they're going to be like just flipping people off right i'm right (laughs) regardless of whether i was cutting you off or not but if we're able to be like hey you you know you were you were driving like you had another limb like if you're able to sort of relate to somebody in a funny way we can change Mm -hmm. that's a human connection and so that's what i wanted to infuse in this that i had never seen in another um another self-help book um like you said there's exercises throughout Mm -hmm. because What's important to me also psychologically, like if we're able to get our body into learning something, we will absorb it like 10 million times more. And so just because I tell you something about procrastination doesn't mean that you're going to absorb it and be able to put it into practice. If if you actually do it in the book, in the space that I put in here, and I want to see like trash books. I'm so excited. <laughs> I want like, you know, sticky pages sticking together. I want like people tearing stuff up. I, that's my goal with this book. Um, when I, when I, when you're able to do all that, you're breaking rules and you're able to free yourself up to really just have fun because you're right at the core of it. If we have fun, there's nothing wrong. There's no wrong. Yeah, because for me, like I'm such a stickler where it's like it's a book. I shouldn't be writing on no, it. No, that's so, what I wanted. And then – but you do. So so for people watching right now uh, and also people listening on the podcast, uh, this is the cover of the book. I, I show you one of the first exercises. I haven't finished it yet, but I've done some of the exercises. The one you said, draw the worst picture of a horse in this space. Make it efforts to draw as badly as you can. Overachievers uninvited. So this is my <gasps> picture oh, of, of my ugly – that's a great horse. This is this is sadly this was actually like the, the my best attempt. At, at, at you were a supposed horse. to suck more. You were supposed to be terrible. I, I, but it, but my best is kind of kind of sucky. So, <laughs> but that's that's the fun of it. Yes. Like if you're able and you're, I don't know if you have the same kind of perfectionism. Like we're always being graded. We're yeah. always trying to achieve for other people. When you give yourself permission to fail, that's when you're free in a sense. And that's that's a weird thing that I've had to learn over my whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we are always taught like we're being graded. Uh, everything we do is being judged, and we have to let that go because that is not where we're able to fly in, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, and, and when you're speaking of creativity, obviously for myself, I'm thinking of filmmaking, doing videos on the web. Uh, we do uh, do video games here and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you also want to apply this to kind of everything, right? Like you, you said uh, 
we're, we're creative every day? I mean, yeah. I, I think especially when somebody is like, I'm not a creative person. I'm like, I don't I don't know. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Because just the way that you maybe put your plate together, you know, or just add a dash of spice to a, a meal or the way you drive home, if you drive a, home a different way, right? We're just not taught to infuse ourselves with diversity and mm-hmm. uh, and novelty. And But that's what stimulates different parts of our brain that we might not even know are there. Mm-hmm. Like we are so interesting. But we don't give our chance to find ourselves uh, a chance to find out how interesting we are because we don't expose ourselves to new things uh, enough. And that's kind of like one of the tenets of the book as well. Like the more different things you do, the more you'll know about yourself, the more you'll activate in your brain because we all have so many different versions of ourselves to be. We just have to keep experimenting to be able to move through life and really know all we can be. Yeah, and I, that's why I like it's like these have like little mini experiments with yourself to kind of self-reflect and, and realize, oh, what's what's holding us back? Uh, you have uh, some chapters on our hero selves, enemies, allies. A lot of video game analogies. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm worried that people who aren't gamers will actually be like, oh, I don't understand this. I mean, the whole chapter on anxiety is based on a six-sided dice mm-hmm. because I just wanted to make a playful way to deal with the thing that's cut, kept me back in my whole life the most and I was like I was so bored with what I was writing I'm like oh this is fun it's a dice and I'm actually going to make that dice <laughs> and uh, and sell it to, to and send some of the profits to like a mental health uh, mm-hmm. organization because I'm like oh this is exciting to me this makes this fun and also it's a fun way to be able to deal with something that's super serious mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I wanted to do with everything alright well speaking of games uh, what you know obviously World of Warcraft was a big influence on you yeah. you also I was listening to to your memoir Ultima which was Huge. old school old, old school <laughs> I know um, what games are you playing right now I stream on Twitch weekly, okay. uh, twitch.tv slash Felicia Day, and it's Saturday night, guys. So anybody's cool, come over on a Saturday night. We have a good group of people who are on a Saturday night. Anyway, um, it's the only time I can have. Uh, I have, mm-hmm. And it really is – I play some stuff on my phone, but really that's my joy every week to get those three hours of streaming in. Um, I've played thoroughly, way too thoroughly, Assassin's Creed um, Origins mm-hmm. because I love – I'm not a huge Assassin's Creed fan in the past. But this one really just like I love Greek and Roman mythology mm-hmm. and the setting and the character. Cassandra is just like such a badass. Mm-hmm. And they really kind of infuse some Bioware type storytelling and, yeah. you know, it's not all the way, you know, companion. But it's kind of like compa- Bioware light. Yes. And so I love it so much. So I'm playing the DLC there. Um, I love I, – I play some indie games like uh, Sunless Skies is something I've been kind of addicted to um, the last couple of months. It's uh, sort of an airship. Um, it's it's a really quirky, very hard, uh, very uh, lore-based uh, mm-hmm. game where you fly an airship around in this very bizarre place. You're transporting goods around. It's really ruthless. You're always poor. I don't know why I play <laughs> this game. It's so quirky and weird and I love it. I played Sunless Seas before that and this mm-hmm. is a, an improvement on a lot of things with that. And then I've been playing Dicey Dungeons. Um, mm-hmm. I played it last week, and I'm like Jonesin. If it it needs to be on my phone because it's a perfect phone game. It's a, li- a little like board game, strategy mm-hmm. game, uh, kind of hybrid, but it's really cute, and it has some depth to it that is really interesting about the gameplay. And it's a rogue, um, so you just die. You know, it's a roguelike, so you just die if you if you can't make it. Um, but it's really really fun. So I'm I play mostly indie games. I don't play any. A couple of years ago, I was like, I don't like being hunted mm-hmm. in a game, like in a, in a basic level. Like uh-huh. I'm just like, so you're not playing like Fortnite or Apex no. Legends or anything like that. I'm no. so sorry. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not playing the, the cool kind of yeah. games. Um, I never have been a huge FPS person. Mm-hmm. I loved Halo back in the day. I played. Uh, 
uh, Here's the Storm, you know, with my brother and some friends. So those were kind of the competitive games that I played, but it's never been my jam. And um, I have such anxiety that I was like, I got to cut all stress in my life and being hunted in a video game. Is stressing me out. So the most aggressive I get is like the new Magic the Gathering <laughs> game. But you like uh, resource management manage and strategy and all that stuff. Yeah. Love resource management. Love strategy. Love something that makes me, uh, you know, like Cultist Simulator is another one I was playing that it's super incredibly hard. It's by the same people, I think, that make Sunless Skies and um, super, super difficult. But you're juggling like seven balls at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. I like kind of mentally stimulating strategy. Love tower defense. You know, those are the kind of things I love. Okay. Um, I have to ask you this because we're really big into VR here. Do you play? Have you played any VR games at all? I, I do. I have an Oculus that is very dusty. Okay. I have, uh, you know, I, I, I've experienced a lot of VR. I don't have any in my house because I just don't have the time yes. to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it always – I think some – I think VR isn't at a point where we're like, like mainstream. And I, I wonder if it will ever get there. But I, I love – you know, if anybody has ever tried like The Void or something. Yes. And, yeah, my friend's my friend's son invented that thing, and I saw oh, wow. one. I ran through it the, before it was public in mm-hmm. any way, and I was just like, "Oh, this is it! We're gonna go places, and we're gonna adventure because it is so real." You put the Oculus mm-hmm. pack on, and you're running through, and they have this wind and water coming in your face, and you're like, "Oh, this is what this VR needs." That's that touch of reality mm-hmm. to like make the non-reality real. So what would you play? Because it was before. It was a prototype. It was just like running through like a dungeon and uh, it was like looking out. It was very Indiana Jones, but it was just so weird to be like, oh, I'm I'm sitting on a box that look. It's probably a green box, but it's like something. It's kind of how filmmaking is going, right? We're just Mm -hmm. skinning green screen everywhere. (laughs) And that's really the reality of uh, all kind of modern modern movies. Everything's green screen. Mm -hmm. So. You know, as gamers, we're probably, you know, to me, like moving your body through space was so exciting mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I love dungeon crawls and if I can physically do a dungeon crawl. That's like the best thing in the world. Have you played the Star Wars one yet? I, I have not okay. played the Star Wars one. That is one that I would love to, but I don't have it in my house. So yeah. can I come play? <laughs> well, they, yeah, we have it here on the quest. Uh, the Star Wars, uh, what's it called? Vader Immortal. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you're talking about VR mainstream, like I think that is the machine that's going to make it mainstream, the Oculus Quest, which yeah. is because it doesn't have the wires. It doesn't. You yeah. don't need a laptop or desktop. and So I think that's kind of the way to go. Um, so another thing that you are also doing right now is you're on the second season of Voyage to the Stars, the podcast. Uh, the second season uh, premiered on September 16th. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a really funny um, improv sci-fi podcast, like mm-hmm. you said. So uh, me and Colton Dunn from Superstore, who's a huge gamer himself, um, Janet Varney, who is on, is the voice of Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stand Against Evil and my friend Steve Berg, who was in Dr. Horrible um, with me, which is so, just a coincidence. And then we have a new uh, cast member this season, Kirsten Vangsness from um, Criminal Minds. And we're this motley crew that uh, basically gets sucked through a wormhole and we're trying to make our way back to Earth. But we accidentally destroy planets along the way inadvertently, mm-hmm. you know, as you do, blowing up planets. Um, so it's super fun and it's very funny because we get kind of like an outline um, so, you know, some improv can be like, oh, I don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're going. It's kind of meandery. We know where we're going to end up each section. And so all we do is just play. Mm-hmm. So the great thing, we make up the most outrageous stuff. We confirm it. But we always know where we're going to end so that the next segment, like, makes sense. And that's really awesome. It's, like, the most secure improv I've ever had in my life. And, you know, when you do improv, you don't remember what you said. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to a video, uh, a, a podcast – I don't even I'm like, I said that that was a great line, Felicia. It's coming out of my mouth. I literally have no recollection. So it's actually really, really fun. It's a really popular podcast. We've done some live shows and everything. 
And I think if you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Mm -hmm. or MST3K type comedy, this is the podcast for you. It sounds like to me uh, one of my favorite shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm meets Star Trek, Exactly. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, the creator, Ryan Koppel, who's one of my oldest friends, he actually helped run Geek and Sundry with me. Mm -hmm. We created like uh, Spell Slingers, which was a really great Magic Gathering show. He helped produce Tabletop and Escape and Critical Role, um, Mm -hmm. a D&D group. That started on, you know, on our uh, under our watch together. So we made a lot of really cool things in that way. But I, I love the way that he's crafted this in um, in a very curb your enthusiasm way. So yeah, they have like an outline of like these are the points that you uh, need to hit in the scene. Go. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you that artistic freedom, but also, again, like the safety of knowing that I'm not going to throw in something that's so crazy and break the outline. We know where we're going to end up. We just have to get there in a fun way. Oh, very cool. Uh, we have some Twitter questions. From yeah, the fans let's do it. That, uh, we have uh, at Meldrum Boy on Twitter asks, I got a question for Felicia. How do you manage and schedule so many various projects, writing, acting, social media, et cetera? It's hard enough trying to pursue one career path. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I uh, I will always be middling at everything, but that's the path that I choose. I mean, um, I like to be a creator, and I'm creative in a, a lot of different fields. That's just my sensibility. And part of why I want to write this book is that you kind of have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't. You have to know yourself before you create. And uh, you're able to really create in a fulfilling way. And I think a lot of the times we don't allow ourselves, how do I create the best? Do I write best in the morning? Do I write best at the night? Do I love acting more? Do I love producing? Oh, I like both of those things. But it's only when I try it that I know I don't like something, you know, like I didn't really enjoy being a host for a while. People wanted to give me opportunities to host TV shows and mm-hmm. things like that. It's not my bag. I don't mm-hmm. want to be I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about my work. And so that's something I had to learn doing. And so, um, you know, to me, I love the doing of a lot of things. I love editing. I love but ultimately I like being in control of my creativity. And that's like I don't like to have a, a, a ton of cooks in the kitchen telling mm-hmm. me that my creativity isn't good. That's not my style. Right. And that's could be somebody else's style. That collaboration would be great. You have to try it. Um, so I would recommend if you're trying to get into a creative field. You know, work as hard as you can in one and branch out. I was an actor for like almost 10 years before Mm -hmm. I even became a writer. And I was in years of class before I started writing the Guild. And that was my training in producing as well. And Geek and Sundry came along and I really learned how to produce because I just got thrown into thousands of videos. Like I've been a trial by fire kind of person. And, you know, by doing you learn. So, Yeah. yeah, you can study a lot, but you really just have to do it and finish it and move on and get better. Yeah, I noticed uh, when you talked about the guild in your your previous book about how you had opportunities to kind of almost kind of like sell the guild. Many times, yeah. But you turned those down even though you weren't sure where you were going to go next with it, like financially and creatively. Mm -hmm. uh, And then you were able to secure that deal with Xbox, which I uh, thought was great because I remember the nice – it debuted like what a week early or something on Xbox. Yeah, it was a it was three months early. Oh, three I, months I think, early. Yeah, so it was a big gap, but they paid us actually to be able to make the videos. We yeah. had a budget. It was not a lot of money, but we were able to pay everybody like decent wages to be able to make it. Nowhere near TV, but mm-hmm. we were able to do it on our own terms. And yeah, you know, I had seen too many of my friends. Uh, create something awesome and sell the rights to Hollywood and it never got made. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, like the web was just starting. I knew how to use this thing because I'd been weaned on it, you mm-hmm. know, pre-internet. And I was like, what do you, what can you do that's better than what I'm doing right now out of my garage? Not much. So that freedom gave me, I still own that show. Like yeah. nobody ever can tell me what to do with it. And which is very awesome. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do because I'm not in the system as much. If you mm-hmm. want in that system, you have to play the games of that system. 
I chose not to be a part of that mm-hmm. system as, you know, as much as a lot of people. And, you know, that could be I could have been much more famous or rich or whatever, but that's not the path I wanted. And so I had that in my heart because I created something that meant so much to me mm-hmm. and I knew that it meant so much to other people. I just wanted the opportunity to do it. And we were able to do it because, uh, you know, we could shoot on a very low budget. I We were the first crowdfunded piece of video because we did a PayPal kind mm-hmm. of pre-sales for our um, DVDs, which I literally hand-stuffed thousands of in my kitchen. Like, what I did was crazy. I don't know if I could do it today. For sure I can't duplicate that. But we got where we needed to go. And I have an amazing career that I'm so grateful for because I did things my way. And that's, uh, I guess, my modest operandi. <laughs> yeah. And you got to do create what you wanted for people to see. Yeah. And, and people can actually watch uh, all the seasons on Netflix right now. They're still on Netflix. It was uh, one of the first licensed pieces of uh, content, you know, like one of the very first, like, it's been on Netflix since 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we I cut them all together as movies. So it looks like there's one season, but it's really just all six seasons under season one. Mm-hmm. It's weird, guys, but they're all movie length. So yeah. if you want to watch it, watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Or rewatch them like I am. Rewatch. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would be scared to rewatch it. <laughs> um, next question we have uh, at Rocket Soup asks, of all the advice about fostering creativity in your new book, what lesson do you wish most you could send back in time to younger Felicia? Oh, wow. Um, I Wow. There's a lot that I would like to send back to other Felicia. Um, I would – I would it's really the the perfectionism like be willing to write badly to get to the end of something mm-hmm. and move on to another thing. And that's what really infuses this book is that the work of creativity is the thing you have to focus on, not the end result, not where it's going to get you, mm-hmm. not the money or fame you're going to get. And so when somebody comes up to me now and I'm like and they tell me um yeah, I really want to be a YouTuber or I want I'm like, "Do you want the work of that? Do you know how hard it is?" You want to be like Lady Gaga. Do you know what she does every day? Do you know how hard it is? Do you know what she has to do on a daily basis to get where she is? Do you want that job? Because if you don't want the work of the job, don't pursue the job. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize as a writer because I was I never really had the tools. I was, so, I was self-taught in a lot of ways. And I wasn't brave enough to just get the bad version of what I wanted to do on the page so I would have something to work on later. Mm-hmm. And so now, just in the last couple of years even – I'm freeing myself up to really write badly to get to a better place later. And you'd be surprised what comes out of you when you get out of your own way. Like Mm -hmm. some of it is trash, but the the trash, they'll have a little diamond and that will stay in whatever iteration of that script I write. So, um, yeah, I guess I would just encourage myself to be bad, be willing to be bad. The the vomit passes of screenplays. Uh, I always feel so accomplished yet so terrible after you know like yeah. it's like i wrote five pages today and then later i'm like but they were terrible no you no know? you just have to like yes they're terrible i have the real estate exactly i'm writing something now where i have so much work to do by the end of the year and i oh i will have if i think about it i'm just like dry heave a little yeah. bit but i'm like you know what if you are at a coffee shop what are you going to do besides uh put on twitter you're going to buy two terrible pages because those terrible pages in the end will make it so much easier for you to rewrite it not mm-hmm. oh my gosh i have 200 pages to write and i have zero right now uh, on my on my plate so yeah that's what i would encourage myself to do just vomit more nice <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh at uh mr bazinga writes will you be making an appearance in the final season of supernatural Oh, so I play a character named Charlie, and she's been on this show since season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was off the show for a couple of years, and they brought me back. I can only hope. Okay. I mean, honestly, I don't. They have not asked me back yet, but I hear rumors that a lot of people are com- coming back for one episode or just a scene. 
And I would be so blessed because Charlie, um, you know, it's been like eight years I was Mm -hmm. on that show. And I honestly took the job because it was the the month that Geek at Sundry launched. And I should not have taken a job out of the country. But I was like, it's going to get canceled soon. I want to be on the show before it's Mm -hmm. over. And there, cut (laughs) to eight years later... Um, it's been a, fam- a family to me over the years. I walk on set and I start crying because it's the same crew members. The guys are so lovely. And it just really feels like um, a family. And so I could only be blessed if I could do one more day on that set um, mm-hmm. before the end. And if then if not, you know, Charlie will live in people's hearts. But I can only I can only hope. Nice. Um, all right. A last question here is actually from our own uh, Wendy Lee Zaney, who works here at Collider. She said, loved when you moderated the Harry Potter Wizards Unite panel at SDCC. What's your favorite aspect of the game, and do you have any tips or tricks for players? I really like the game. It's complicated. It's not, you know, I think uh, it's not everybody's boat, but I actually like all the layers of complexity they put in, like, you know, just like unlocking things and the sort of character building aspects. I love the fact that I have 800 scarves to pick from. Um I just like the fact that um, it brings Harry Potter to life in a way that's a little more mature mm-hmm. and in a really fun way. And uh, it's very inventive. Like there's just – just bringing Harry Potter into the real world is awesome. I'm not a Pokemon person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend Ryan Koppel who created Voice of the Stars is a Pokemon addict. He actually wants to do a podcast on Pokemon. He is the poster child for the Pokemon Fest that failed in uh-huh. Chicago a couple of years ago. If you Google Ryan Koppel AP Pokemon – He's like the sad millennial um, poster child of mm-hmm. the article. He's like wearing a Pikachu hat and looking real sad and with his phone in his hand. So he was like viral on Reddit for a couple of days because of this stupid photo. So um, Pokemon never hooked me the way that me it hooked either. everybody else. My brother's still addicted to Pokemon. But Harry Potter is like, oh, it's taking AR in a way that I want to play. Mm-hmm. And so I really like it. I went to Miami a couple of months ago and I, all I did was walk up and down the boardwalk. And it is a great place to catch confundables. So get on there. <laughs> yeah. I was never a Pokemon pers- person either. Every time we talk about it on this podcast, we have uh, some younger uh, panelists on here and, mm-hmm. and they talk so lovingly. I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking no, about. No, my parents would not let me play console games. So I never uh, had a PS. I never had a PlayStation. I never had uh, Nintendo. I would play some Mario at other people's houses, but they only, they were like, oh, it'll rot your brain. Here, play 10 hours a day of PC games instead. I'm like, yeah. do you know what we're <laughs> doing, mom? Like we are playing games. It's just not any of the games that have any touch points with other children but i have so few other touch points with other children anyway my age so it doesn't matter (laughs) um so like that isn't a shorthand like final fantasy Mm -hmm. is not a shorthand for me like mario mario is probably the closest because i had a game boy Mm -hmm. and i played it religiously so castlevania and mario like i I have the nomenclature but pokemon not so much all right well uh i want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I want to remind people, embrace your weird, face your fears, and unleash your creativity. comes out October 1st. Check out uh, FeliciaDayBook.com for more details. And if you're going to New York Comic Con, you'll be there doing signings? I will be doing, uh, yeah, there's a ticketed signing at the Simon & Schuster booth on Thursday. And on Friday, I have a panel, and then I'll be doing a a signing. And you could just buy the book out there, and I'll just sign it. There's no, like, fees or whatever. It's just, like, a a pure book signing thing. Mm -hmm. So come at, I think it's 3 to 4 is my panel, and then I'm signing right after that. But also, I'm going to, like, almost a dozen cities across the country, so... Come get a book and come get a, you know, just meet me. Yeah. It'll be fairly fun. Yeah, and uh, Voyage to the Stars, the second season has already started. So if you uh, 
want to listen to the podcast, yeah. you can go Download find anywhere for free. It's uh, it's on Earwolf Network, but you can get it anywhere you get a podcast for free. Yeah. And uh, where else can people find you? They can find me at Felicia Day everywhere, Instagram, Twitter. I Like I said, I stream on Twitch weekly. I also have a Discord, discord.gg slash Felicia Day. It's a really mm-hmm. nice community. And so, yeah, if you want a game, come over on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I just always say that because I'm like, nobody wants to come on Saturday night. But we have like many hundreds of people, thousands, some, you know, like just come on over. It's yeah. fun. Please. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks again to Felicia Day for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking for the perfect gift? Check out a Visa Virtual Account. Available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click Send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual visa today at www.giftcards.com virtual.